Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuwana's Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, hello, everybody, and welcome in. It's uh, pretty chilly out there. Snowstorm's coming. Heart of winter, that means also the heart of the FCS playoffs, and we continue our coverage here for you today. It's Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app coming to you from the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting locally owned and operated for more than 15 years and happy to stay so. Uh, thanks for tuning in here uh, on your Wednesday time to get to. Sam Herder, Hero Sports, will join us here in about five minutes uh, to talk around the FCS playoff bracket. Jeff, if you're looking, I uh, I texted you the number because I forgot to put it on the uh, the sheet. <laughs> Usually Andrew's sitting behind the glass, and I know he's got uh, Sam's number in the in his cell phone. So now Jeff does as well. Jeff Sapper sitting on the other side of the glass. You can hear uh, Jeff back in the saddle on Grizz Hockey, which, by the way, we'll be talking some Grizz Hockey uh, a little later on uh, in the show as well, Mike Anderson will swing by about quarter till five, and uh, we'll give you some Grizz hockey tickets, some Desperado wings, and uh, get a update on all things Grizz hockey. In between that, we'll hear from Trayton Pickering, Sunburst's finest, North Tool County, population 330. He also happens to be an outstanding tight end for the Montana State Bobcats. Caught up with Trayton. Uh, earlier this week. So there's your hour number one, Herder, Pickering, and Mr. Mike Anderson of Grizz Hockey. Hour number two, a fun second hour as well. One of the iconic games we've ever covered, and in fact, actually the first game we ever covered at Skyline Sports was when North Dakota State came to Missoula to kick off the 2015 season. Uh, It was, I guess, Skyline had been around uh, for a year at that point, but we had just done a huge relaunch and uh, we had scaled for the first time. And the first game we ever covered, Montana's epic 38-35 win over NDSU. Also happened to be the very first game of the Bob Stitt era at Montana. And uh, some would say maybe even actually one of the worst things that ever happened to the Grizz because they set the bar so high. Regardless, Jamal Jones, who was one of the all-time greatest receivers in the history of Grizz football, he was a huge part in that football game. He's going to swing by to share some memories because if you haven't heard, the Grizz head to Fargo on Saturday to take on the Bison. So we'll catch up with uh, the one and only Jamal Jones, uh, top of the hour for our ESPN roundtable, like we do each Wednesday during the five o'clock hour. 
And uh, then about 5.30, Ty McPherson, a all-big sky wide receiver for the Weber State Wildcats. He'll join us to preview the uh, football game between Weber and Montana State on Saturday in Bozeman. So there you go, a jam-packed, mostly football, a little hockey. Nuan is now for you here on your Wednesday. Also, be sure to stay tuned. We got free beers. We got free sandwiches. We got free hockey tickets. We got free wings. We got all sorts of free stuff for you. Uh, here today. 4.30, we'll be giving you a six-pack and a sandwich, courtesy of Warden's Market, so that uh, is coming up. Also, we have Desperado Wings for you as part of our Wing It Wednesday, like we do every Wednesday. And uh, this time of year, it also comes with uh, some hockey tickets as well. So that's coming up about 4.45, so uh, stay tuned. Plenty of great prizes for you throughout the duration uh, of this Nuanas Now. It's a show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have in Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. Nuan is now here on your radio dial, on your television screen, and on the ESPN MT app. You can also always stream the show on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live, you'll find the stream. And uh, to win all those prizes or to be involved in the show, call or text anytime. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Call or text anytime, but especially when we're giving away those sweet prizes. 888-1029. Thanks to Rangish Brothers for their continued sponsorship of the uh, phone line here at uh, Nuanas. Now we go to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line now, and we welcome in a great friend of the show, Sam Herter, who has helped us. Wade through all that is at the FCS on the national level, pretty much all football season long, and now we're into the fun part, the most fun part, I should say. It's always fun, but it's really fun when it's uh, win and move on, lose and go home. Sam, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Doing pretty good. I appreciate you having me back on. Uh, first and foremost, let's talk about something that you've been writing about, doing a great job covering there at Hero Sports, and some of that's. Uh, sort of sparked the interest and maybe a little bit of the ire of people that follow FCS football, and that is the way that the playoff field uh, has been selected. And also, though, maybe the, the transparency or lack thereof or combination of both of the, uh, the playoff committee and the way that the bidding processes work and all of it, uh, there was some stuff that, that landed in the first round and some stuff in terms of the, the seedings and who gets home games and all that stuff uh, that were... Uh, I don't know if controversy is maybe too strong a word, but certainly raised some eyebrows. So just take us through it. You had a great story there on Hero Sports earlier this week. Uh, just take us through sort of the basics of, of what's been going on just in terms of uh, people's reactions to uh, certain things like who gets home games, who bid what, and uh, who got in. Yeah, I think it's really just uh, the whole column is about you know the process of, of how the uh, the, the field is structured and how it needs to basically be blown up. And uh, the, the FCS athletic directors and commissioners need to push for change, uh, not only in how it's structured, but also, um, you know, how it's, how it's quote unquote funded and push for a better TV deal. Um, but it's, it, it kind of all sparked with, uh, you know, the, the Montana and Weber state slash UND situations. And some Chris fans took it as I was attacking them. And that's not the case at all. I've, it's not Montana's fault they got in and got a home game. It's not Weber's fault that they got a home game. It's just their situations raise, uh, you know, the question of, of inconsistencies and a transparency problem where, 
Montana and UND were said to be the last two teams in, and Montana got a home game because of their bid, um, and they got a home game on ESPN2, which is fine. But then on the flip side, the other last team in, UND, uh, their bid to host in the first round was $80,000 more than Weber State. But Weber State got a home game because uh, the, the playoff committee felt like uh, that, that Weber State was more deserving based off of performance, which is, you know, they didn't create any new rules or they didn't break any rules. The criteria to host goes beyond bidding. It, it goes to, you know, logistics, travel logistics and facilities and performance and all that. But you can't leave $80,000 on the table and say, well, you know, UND was the last team in. They have a really good bid, but we're going to send them on the road. But on the flip side, you know, not have that be the case, um, whether it be Montana, whether it be in, you know, 2018 or 2017, uh, some of the host sites like Nichols and Sam Houston, they had their visiting teams in the tents. Uh, so you can't sit here and say, yeah, we, we have to, um, you know, it's all about athlete experience and it's not all about the bid. When in the past you had teams dress in tents, but then this year you, you, you leave 80 K on the table because you felt Weaver is more deserving. And so it's just, it's just a, uh, really a lack of inconsistency, um, and subjectiveness. Um, and the whole thing, as far as bidding, the whole bidding process should go away. Um, and hopefully it does once the, the NCAA can strike a better deal to, to broadcast all of these tournaments. Well, let's talk about that element of it, because certainly the, uh, the playoff expansion, at least in part was spurred on by, um, the TV deal and the NCAA wanting to have more games on TV, especially during Thanksgiving weekend. But it's led to a variety of different flaws. And, you know, first of all, as I said on the show yesterday, if you have a 10-person committee making a decision, that's always going to be inherently flawed just because of human nature. You also add money into it, and that's also going to be inherently flawed just because you're never going to make everybody happy when money is one of, if not the motivating factors. But all that said, you know, I was watching some of these early round FCS games, and uh, there were some good ones for sure. Um, and there also was some games in which I was just sitting there thinking, and this comes from a lens of a guy that watches a lot of FCS football, but almost exclusively Big Sky Conference and Missouri Valley Conference football. Uh, but all I kept thinking was, man, none of these teams I'm watching that were sort of the, the overmatched teams in that first round are even close to almost any team that I saw in the Big Sky or the Missouri Valley this last year. Uh, so, I mean, what is the perfect scenario? It seems to me that the 2014 playoff bracket's too big. I don't know if we can ever go backward, though, when it comes to that. But you mentioned the, the possibility of new TV deal and, and sort of a, a new plan by the NCAA. What, what's, the, what's the ideal scenario here so we're getting the best of the best out of the FCS uh, into the postseason? Yeah, I, I get it so many times in my mentions saying get rid of auto bids, get rid of regionalization, just seed 1 through 24, the best teams in the FCS playoffs. But people need to keep in mind, this is an NCAA-run tournament, and every NCAA-run tournament has auto bids, just the men's basketball tournament. You know, you can have an auto bid from a bad conference get in over, you know, whatever the, the, the sixth ACC team that, that is much better than that team. And so auto bids aren't going away. Uh, going down from 24 teams would actually make the bracket weaker because that would, you know, the NEC is not going to give up their auto bid. The, the Pioneer Football League is not going to give up their auto bid. And the, and the NCAA is not just going to take away their auto bid. And so to drop it back down to 16 teams or 20 teams, that would actually make it weaker because then you wouldn't have Montana make the field. You wouldn't have the fourth or third place team from the Valley take the field because there's less at-large bids. And so the AQs uh, aren't going away. Um, I, I think the perfect scenario would be to seed teams one through 16 where seeds one through eight get a first round by 
seeds nine through 16 uh, get, get a guaranteed first round home game, but they still have to bid to host a flat rate. Um, you know, every team that wants to, to host in the first round uh, seeds nine through 16, whatever the flat rate is, $50,000. Um, you know, and if they bid that $50,000, they get a guaranteed home game. And then seeds nine through 16 in the first round, they get paired up with teams 17 through 24 based off of regionalization. And so if Montana is the 13 seed and, you know, Idaho is the last team in, you know, maybe those two teams match up just based off of regionalization. And in that way, you still have um, some type of bidding process, but it's not, it's a flat rate. It's not, um, you know, kind of the, the shady process of, well, this team bid more so they get a home game. But in this scenario, this team bid more, but we're going to send them on the road uh, because we think this other team is more deserving where you're kind of flip-flopping the objective way of doing it or the subjective way of doing it. And so that is one method of, of you know, seeding, putting more seats into the bracket. The other thing too is, um, and maybe we can dive into this more, but you know, the TV deal that the NCAA signed with the NCAA uh, or that the NCAA, I guess, signed with ESPN is awful. It, it was signed in 2011. It's worth $34 million a year uh, to, for ESPN to broadcast the NCAA women's basketball tournament, D1 baseball, D1 softball, FCS. Um, and $34 million a year was probably good in 2011, but times have changed. And the women's basketball tournament alone is worth like almost $100 million per year. Yet the, yet the ESPN is only paying $34 million a year to the NCAA to broadcast the FCS, women's basketball, D1, baseball, softball, you know, all that. And so the NCAA has left millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars on the table because of this awful TV deal. And this TV deal expires in August of 2024. Uh, you know, right now conversations are going on of what they are going to unpackage and sell separately. You can bet that women's basketball is going to be sold separately, whether CBS wants that, Fox Sports wants that, whoever. Now I do know the commissioners of the FCS want the FCS to be sold separately. Um, and when you get, you know, one, one and a half million dollars or one and a half million viewers to two and a half million viewers uh, for, for some of the semifinals and, and, and title games, you know, what a Fox sports and Fox sports one want to bid on the FCS playoffs, you know, that could bring more money into the FCS. And even if it's not unpackaged, even if it is, uh, you know, a package deal where the NCAA sells FCS, D1 baseball, D1 softball, wrestling, track and field, and they sell that as a package to ESPN, that's going to be worth, I don't know, $120 million instead of $34 million. So where does that money go? Is it enough for the FCS to distribute some of that revenue to the conferences and the teams within the playoffs? Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, even if it's not enough money to, to give the national champion $500,000 or, you know, to give the, the semifinalists $100,000 each and reward them for playing, it at least puts more money in the pocket of the NCAA to get rid of these cost-saving measures like bidding, like regionalization, like making teams host, uh, or make, making teams bid to host, or eating 85% of the ticket revenue, which is just atrocious. And these teams that go on a run, like Montana State, if they can host multiple home games in the playoffs, instead of losing money, they actually make money. And this is Division One football. If you're making a, a run to the national title, you should be making money, not losing money. And so I think more than anything, Yes, the, the, how the bracket is formed is, as far as seeding and, and bids, that needs to be changed. But whatever this new broadcasting deal uh, is, I, I think the, the more money coming in certainly has to help the FCS playoffs. And if it doesn't, then the FCS commissioner should be asking, you know, where is this money going? Why do we still have so many cost-saving measures when this new deal is worth you know four times what it is currently? Sam Herter, Hero Sports, joining us here on Nuwana's Dow. 
Uh, we can go down this rabbit hole forever. You listen to ESPN Radio, SMX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. So much of this is so indicative to me then of how the, the power balance in the FCS is it, it's not equitable in terms of region because there's just less people that live out west. Therefore, the football teams in the FCS level are going to be way bigger deal out west. Therefore, they're going to be way better. And I, I just I don't know how it's ever going to change. The power balance is always going to rely rely. Uh, it's, the the center of the FCS universe is always going to be. North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, and maybe Idaho if they keep it going. Uh, so I just don't know how it's ever going to change because you have 100 of the 120 teams on the East Coast, but most of the best teams out West. So I don't really know how you fix it. We could talk about this forever, but let's uh, let's save it for maybe an, an off-season conversation. Let's talk about uh, the, the upcoming games this weekend. First of all, this last weekend, uh, I thought of the eight games that were played, I thought that uh, probably the four most exciting games, three of them, involved Big Sky Conference teams. Weber State looked like they were in total control of a blowout against North Dakota. UND comes storming all the way back and uh, pushes Weber down the wire, but Weber wins 38-31. Then uh, in the uh, early evening game, Idaho and Southeastern Louisiana went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and uh, ended up, Sela ended up winning 45-42. And then in the night game of the uh, day, the Montana Grizzlies were down 24-3 to before uh, an epic comeback to get all the way up to a 34-24 victory. I thought the other really good game was probably the uh, Eastern Kentucky Gardner-Webb game. It was fun trying to do my best Sam Herter and just changing through all the channels and, and uh, watching all the games as we were doing it. But, Sam, what did you think particularly of the Big Sky Conference teams in the first round and anything else that stuck, stuck out to you uh, from those first-round results? Yeah, that was those three were certainly the, the, the probably the three most uh, exciting games. Um, you know, we were certainly uh, made a statement in the in the first one and a half quarters uh, there. We were stated, you know, showing that they should have been a, should have been a seed. Uh, let their foot off the gas a little, uh, quite a bit there, um, and let UND back into it but you know it was really impressive what what weber state did uh you know that was obviously a tough loss for idaho um you know mccoy is their, their freshman quarterback has been fantastic all year but you know that that pick six was kind of a freshman mistake that was really the difference maker there late uh in that game uh, and then the nightcap there uh with montana uh, and simo you know that was um you know the the, the first half or even the, the first two and a half quarters really when when simo had that launch drive at the start of the second half to go up. I think it was twenty-four to three. Um, you know, everyone just was kind of was kind of saying, "All right, you know, that's that's a pretty tough end of the season for Montana." And I was I was pretty close to, to tweeting. I kind of wonder if you know Montana was better off just not making the playoffs and, and instead of losing this big to, to a SEMO team out, out of an OVC conference that isn't very strong. But then you have. Um, uh, you know, one kick return for a touchdown and then uh, another touchdown. And I remember thinking it. I saw Sean Rainey tweeted it, but I remember thinking it. They, they better not punt here. Uh, they better not punt to Junior Bergen. And, of course, they, they punted to him, and he returns it, and all of a sudden it's, it's a tie game. And so um, it kind of just completely flipped, uh, you know, Montana's season outlook, you know, in a way, uh, to win this game. Um, and then it also kind of just shows that, uh, you know, once the Grizz are rolling, once the offense is in, is in rhythm, uh, you know, once the once the defense is kind of, um, you know, taking it to the offensive line, once that offensive line, the opposing offensive line is kind of on its heels and, they, you know, they're kind of swimming. Uh, they, their heads are on a swivel. They don't know where the pressure's coming. They can't pick it up. Uh, the quarterback's beat up. He's tired. He's peeling himself off the ground. That's when Montana is at its best. And that, that final quarter 
in the, the latter half of the third quarter, um, I think Montana certainly showed that they deserved uh, to be in the playoffs with how they came back and, and, and really took it to SEMO in the last one and a half quarters there. See, you heard it here first, Grizz fans. Sam Herter does not hate your team. <laughs> no one is now. ESPN <laughs> Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Sam is a senior FCS analyst for Hero Sports. He joins us each Wednesday here on Nuan is Now. We're talking all the way around the uh, FCS playoff bracket. So here uh, is how the round of 16 looks. Delaware, after their victory over St. Francis, will play at top seed at South Dakota State. That one's in Brookings. New Hampshire, who outlasted Fordham, will play at eighth-seeded Holy Cross, one of uh, only two undefeated teams uh, in the bracket. Gardner-Webb, who came back and won uh, against Eastern Kentucky, they'll play at William & Mary, the five-seed. Weber State, who outlasted UND, will play at Montana State, the four-seed. Montana gets the unenviable task of going to the uh, Fargo Dome to take on number three seeded at North Dakota State. Southeastern Louisiana, after they outlasted Idaho, they move on to face SoCon champion Sanford, the sixth seed. Furman, who drilled Elon 31-6, to they will play at Incarnate Word, the seventh seed. And then Sac State, the second seed, they get Richmond, who beat uh, Davidson 41 to nothing. Uh, Sam, outside of the uh, the two games involving the Big Sky Conference teams, What's the most intriguing round of 16 matchup to you in the bracket on Saturday? Yeah, I think a lot of these games could be really intriguing. Um, I look at UIW and Furman. Uh, that, that's an intriguing one as far as UIW. You know, How far can they go? It wouldn't be a surprise if they make a, a pretty decent run, but they're also going up against a Furman team that plays uh, pretty good defense. And I also think... You know, Sanford, Southeastern Louisiana, that, that's probably going to be a, a game similar to the Southeastern Idaho game where it was a pretty back-and-forth, high-scoring shootout. And in those games, anything can happen uh, at the end. And so uh, those are the two uh, probably non-Big Sky ones that uh, are, are more are the most intriguing to me. And then let's talk about the, uh, the game in Fargo. Uh, because Montana did finally show... Uh, the the spark and the form that helped them rise through the national polls the first half of the season they finally showed that again on Saturday there seems to be some renewed optimism around the Grizz that said and there also seems to be some some pessimism around North Dakota State and I know that they you know they don't have a Trey Lance or a Carson Wentz or an Eastern Stick uh, they don't have a Greg Bernard or a Kyle Emanuel or a Robbie Grimsley or a Jabril Cox. All that said, though, it's still the Fargo Dome. It's still North Dakota State, and they still are a, a nine-win team. So uh, break this one down for us. Uh, what does Montana have to do uh, in Fargo to have a chance against North Dakota State? Yeah, it is interesting to try to evaluate NDSU because they don't, like you said, they don't, the Bison don't necessarily have that dudes on those dudes on offense or defense. Uh, you know, they, 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 they have a, a lot of key guys out with injuries. They've had uh, some some key contributors enter the transfer portal. You know, the Fargo Dome is not what it used to be back when in 2012, 13, 14 at its peak Fargo Dome. It's, it's not even anywhere close to that now. And, you know, it seems like, I don't know, there's going to be 14, 13, 15,000 people there compared to the usual 18,000. Uh, I saw that it's not close to being a sellout. And so it's just, it's not necessarily the, the going to the juggernaut in, in the impossible place to win Fargo Dome like it was 
uh, maybe a decade ago, uh, a little less than a decade ago, but at the same time, you know, it still is, you know, NDSU that still seems to always peak uh, in the playoffs. And even though they haven't looked spectacular this year, they still only lost by a combined five points to the top seed South Dakota State and the Power Five uh, Arizona. And so um, I think while a lot of people realize this isn't, you know, an all-time NDSU team like 2013, 2018, 2019, you know, it still is, you know, probably one of the top two, if not top three favorites uh, to, to win the national title. And so, um, you know, I think Montana, you know, what they need to do, they basically need to play a, a perfect game, maybe get some some uh, scores on special teams again, scores on defense, uh, you know, on defense for uh, Montana, it's really obviously you have to stop the run. Um, that, that's going to be key. Um, you know, you can you can send as much safety and, and linebacker blitzes as, as you want, but uh, if there's one team that can you know make in-game adjustments as good as anyone in the FCS, it's NDSU, and so they'll find ways to um, to attack kind of that that blitzing that blitz-heavy Montana defense. And you know, I, I think the linebackers and safeties are great for for the Grizz, but I think it's really going to come down to the de- uh, to the defensive line. Uh, can they hold up for all four quarters? That's going to be key for Montana. And then on the flip side, offensively, I think, you know, Lucas Johnson needs to play like peak Lucas Johnson because we, we've seen him play poorly. We've seen him play average. We've seen him play really well. And there's been, you know, especially this year, but in past years as well, uh, uh, a quarterback that can maneuver around the po- the pocket, can can step up, can scramble out, you know, to his right, make throws, elude pressure, um, kind of make, Kind of make uh, th- keeping his eyes down the field, making throws uh, to receivers that get open um, after a play breaks down. That that's kind of the the type of offense or the type of quarterback that can give NDSU trouble. And so uh, Lucas Johnson needs to not get rattled by the crowd, not get rattled by the defensive line linebackers of NDSU. And now it, it won't be you know as loud as it was a decade ago, but it'll still be loud in the Fargo Dome. So uh, I, I think offensively, it's all going to come down to Lucas Johnson and him being accurate, him not getting rattled. I mean, him making plays uh, with his feet is, is going to be key for the Grizz. Great analysis. I totally agree. Sam Herder, Hero Sports, here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Uh, last one for you then. How about the Big Sky clash between Weber State and Montana State in Bozeman? Uh, part of me thinks that uh, sweet revenge would be a, quite a, uh incentive for Weber State and get another shot after what was one of the most anomalous and crazy uh, losses that I've ever seen. Back on October 22nd, uh, seems like Weaver's going to be very motivated and uh, probably very reticent to to uh, accept their second chance that they've been provided there in Bozeman against the Bobcats. On the other hand, Montana State is the only team that I thought uh, throughout the Big Sky Conference got better as the season went along. And, and they, they found a way to win a bunch of games when they weren't playing that great. And then they kept on playing and kept on playing. And the last couple weeks, they look like an absolute powerhouse, particularly on offense, the amount of ways they can score, the amount of points they can score without really having to take any risks or throwing the ball hardly at all. Uh, and so part of me thinks that uh, the, the rematch story is cute, but the Bobcats might just steamroll Weber State again. What say you? Uh, what are the keys to this matchup for each side? Yeah, this is, you know, I, I think pretty easily that the top second round game that everyone will will certainly be be paying attention to. And honestly, I think whoever wins this game has not an easy path to the semifinals. But I think both teams, Montana State or Weber State, I um, mean, and Weber State would be on the road, but both teams would be favored to beat William and Mary uh, the following round, assuming William and Mary beats uh, Gardner Webb. And so these are 
you know, two teams that I think we all know shouldn't be meeting this early uh, in in the playoffs. But again, that goes back to the regionality thing of things. And you know, I, I just kind of look at it as you can look at it from a Weber State side of things and say, you know, no way they're going to have you know four bad snaps that go for safeties and then give Montana State the ball back. You know, no way they're going. You know, they're a really good uh, wide receiver McPherson. No way he's going to drop a fourth down on the whatever it was, 10-yard line late in the fourth quarter, and had they completed that, Weber State you know, possibly would have scored it and won that game. That's not going to happen again, and Weber State should be feeling really good about itself. On the flip side, Montana State, like you said, with how they looked uh, against the Grizz and how much momentum they have uh, with the running game, defense looked really good in the brawl of the wild. Uh, getting Isaiah Fonse uh, back I think is maybe an under – you know, underrated thing, uh, considering the fact that I thought he was the best returning FCS uh, running back uh, back when I did my top 25 running back rankings during the summer. And so getting him back, getting him fresh, um, I think is a huge factor, especially when there's already so many running threats for Montana State. And I think you'll see that with Afonso. It'll be interesting to see how many carries he gets. I doubt they're going to, you know, give him a 25-carry load, especially with all the options. But he's going to come back fresh, and I think you're going to see that uh, in this game where – he just has a little bit more pop. He's got a little bit more explosive. His first and second steps are a little bit quicker compared to guys that have been playing all year where, yeah, they're, they're not as quick. They're, 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 or they're not as quick. They're not as fast as they were at the start of the year just because they're beat up. And so I think Afonso is going to you know, possibly break some big runs um, in this one. And it's, and it's just it's hard to see Montana State losing this early with how much momentum they have and are arguably the, you know, one of the hottest teams in the FCS right now, but I, I still think it's going to be a close game. It's just hard to go against the Bobcats in this one. There you go. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, joins us each Wednesday, and he will continue to do so as the SES playoffs rage on. Sam, appreciate the time, man. Thanks for being here, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Go check out Herosports.com for all of Sam's great writing. That column, uh, certainly a good one, very insightful, and a, a lot of good information and numbers and analysis and opinion in there. Uh, all at the uh, the same time. It's Nuance Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. How about a kid from north of the Highline? He's not even from the Highline. He's basically from Canada. One of my favorite dudes. What a story. A town of 300 people to the big time. And he's a big time player at Montana State. Trayton Pickering, stud tight end for the Bobcats, joins us next for our Montana State Minute. Keep it right here. This is Nuance Now, ESPN Radio. College Athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuanas here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years' experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. Now, on 
105.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. One of the great voices in rock and roll history, there's no question. And sad news today, Christine McVie passed away at the age of 79. One of the co-lead singers of one of the iconic great bands in the history of American music, Fleetwood Mac. Uh, really too bad. Uh, I mean, a life well lived, to be sure. You write, uh, she herself wrote eight number one hits for Fleetwood Mac and, uh, you know, dozens of other songs. And uh, a couple of her songs are, are truly iconic. I mean, that song now on the Chevy commercials, <laughs> I, I can't even imagine what the royalty rights are for that and uh, what they what they had to pay to get that to be their exclusive Chevy uh hybrid track, but nonetheless, we digress. Uh, Christine McVie, Fleetwood Mac, dead at the age of 79. Uh, BBC reported she just died in the hospital, surrounded by family and friends. Not really sure what the cause was. I don't think that's been released. Uh, She was gearing up for a a new tour, or maybe had even started a new tour. Uh, But nonetheless, um, I think everybody would agree that Fleetwood Mac is, is unique and transcendent and trend-setting. Certainly uh, a band that was not only unbelievably musically uh, talented, but also one that was just perfect for a moment in time. And I think that that's what they'll always be remembered for. So today's playlist, uh, Melancholy, in its dedication to Fleetwood Mac. But we'll listen to my favorite, my five favorite Fleetwood Mac songs where Christine McVie was singing lead. Nuanas now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's time now for our Montana State Minute, presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. JNV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a Scotty, you can score big with JNV. Everything you need for your next tailgate, and there's still tailgates coming up, or anything you need for that big family party. Maybe you're having a big Christmas gathering, or you got. Uh, some sort of uh, wintertime holiday uh, party coming up. You can find all the things you need at JNV's three locations in Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. And if you can't make it in, JNV also has a pretty great website, jvrestaurant.com. Spoke of a young man who's played a huge role at Montana State's juggernaut of an offense earlier this week. Well, we're into December. Crazy to think we're already here. Time now for our Montana State Minute, where we feature subjects from Montana State University, and this time of year, a heavy emphasis on Montana State football. The Bobcats coming off of a first-round bye in the FCS playoffs, thanks to a resounding win over the rival Montana Grizzlies two weeks ago. We're joined now by tight end Trayton Pickering of the Bobcat football team. Trayton, thanks for being with us, man. How you doing? Thanks for having me. First and foremost, uh, we'll we'll start with the question that I think everybody wants to know from you guys that do a lot of the blocking up front. What was it like just running the ball at will against your rival uh, Montana Grizzlies the other week? Pretty impressive rushing performance. How are you guys able to do it? No, I mean, that was awesome. I think uh, being able to run the ball like that, it takes all 11 guys out there. I mean, the O-line up to the receivers and even the running backs when we ask them to go out and block, I mean, it takes – all of those dudes to be able to, to get our athletes open and make plays for us. Well, I know that uh, a big goal every year is to beat the rival, but this year that goal also came with a Big Sky Conference championship, and it's been fun seeing all your guys' pictures posing with the multiple trophies and stuff. But for you, I mean, what, what's it like finally getting to be called Big Sky champion? 
I mean, I never really would have imagined it coming in as a freshman. I mean, it's uh, really just crazy to think that it happened and being able to do it the way it did. I mean, it was really a dream come true. I mean, didn't have wrote it up any better, really. Well, now you have to have this massive reset, right? Because you have this huge emotional-filled win with, against the Grizz and you cap an undefeated run through conference play. But now uh, the next run starts with the playoffs now here this week with Weaver State coming to town. So uh, how do you go about sort of just resetting yourself from a mental level? I mean, I think it was nice getting that bye week, being able to enjoy it a little bit. But I think uh, you got to flip the switch. Uh, we're on to the next opponent. Uh, what's done is done, and uh, you know we got we got five days left as this team guaranteed, and we got to treat it that way. So, got to get the job done, and hopefully move on to another week. So, just really focusing on this week. Trade Pickering joining us, Montana State tight end here on Nuanas now. It's ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. And it's been so fascinating to watch you guys operate on offense, Trayton, because you guys have just spread the ball around as much as any team I've ever covered, and I think that's been a huge key to your guys' success. What's it like playing on this offense? Because it seems like no matter who you are, there's a chance you might get the ball, but there's also a chance 15 other guys might get the ball as well. So uh, how how important has it been just being able to spread the ball around? No, it's been nice. I think last year we depended on you know just a couple players just making a lot of plays, and you know this year we have a lot of playmakers that – when there's when their numbers called, they're able to go make plays, and you know I think there's 11 guys out there that are able to go make plays every uh, every down. So I mean, it's nice being able to depend on literally anybody out there instead of just a couple of guys like last year. And I know that it is a group effort, but one guy I wanted to ask you about just because I think he has a great story and uh, he's been so good in big games this year is Elijah Elliott. And uh, I know internally you guys had a ton of respect for him, but what, what's it been like just watching him break out like he has, especially these last couple of weeks? Oh, man, I mean, I love the way he runs. He runs hard. He's really shifty, and he's always keeping his legs going. He's super fun to block for. I mean, he hits holes really hard, and, you know, I just love him. His attitude's great, and, uh, you know, I just love the way he holds himself for sure. Trade Pickering here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as uh, SWX Montana Television and the uh, ESPN MT app. Montana State hosts Weber State on Saturday in the second round uh, of the FCS playoff game. Uh, Trayton, what do you remember about the game against Weber back in October? One of the craziest games I've ever covered. What are the, the thoughts that come to your mind when you think back to when you played Weber the first time? Um, I definitely think about the special teams. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of points scored both ways, their long snapper, and then us giving up uh, a blocked field goal, which was by me, and then uh, two uh, returns for touchdowns. So, I mean, really trying to hone in on focusing on that uh, as a team, just really getting those special teams down. And then as an offense, just really focus on being physical and getting off the ball. It seemed like you're you're right. You had the two return. We were had those two returns for touchdowns uh, in that game on special teams, but it seemed like Coach Vegan was pretty hot <laughs> after the second one. But since that moment, yep. since the second return, you guys have been great covering kicks. So I mean, do you think that was a turning point for you, sort of a wake up call? No, definitely. It was definitely a, a point of emphasis after that. I mean, giving up two returns, you're not going to win too many games doing that. So that was definitely a big focus on getting that dialed in because I felt like our return hadn't been as great as it had been, but since then I feel like they've been really turning it up and doing a really excellent job. 
Let's talk about the matchup then with Weber. Obviously, special teams will be a huge factor. Um, but as we always see in these rematches, a lot of times it's a completely different factor uh, that becomes the primary factor. So just broadly, special teams aside, what do you see when you when you look look at the film? What, do you, what have you seen so far early preparing for the Wildcats? I mean, obviously everybody knows their defense is really good. Their D-line is super athletic and big, and their linebackers can move, and they're just really well coached up on defense. So really just our coach has given us a really good game plan and executing that to the best of our abilities. And at the end of the day, T-Walk kind of always tells us just get off the ball fast and try and hit somebody. So um, just really starting off fast and not getting behind so much, especially early in the game like we did last time. One other teammate I wanted to ask you about, he plays on the other side of the ball, but it's Callahan O'Reilly because we're doing a little senior profile mm-hmm. on him. I know that he's been oh, yeah. a great leader for a couple of years now there uh, for the Bobcats, especially a guy playing in the town he grew up in there in Bozeman. So oh, what have you thought of just, mm-hmm. uh, his leadership? How much does he sort of set the pace for the defensive side of the ball for you guys? No, I love Cal. He's an excellent leader. He's somebody that comes to work every day, and he works really hard and I mean, he had an off-season surgery, and he was able to rehab that back. And, you know, he just works every day, and it shows up on the football field on Saturdays. And so I'm really excited that he's been able to have the year he's had, and uh, hopefully he can keep it going here through the playoffs. And I know as a position group, you guys uh, probably had a lot of pride in Derek Snell landing on that first team. I know they had to kind of carve out a, a fullback spot for him, but I was happy to see him get on there because he's been so impactful uh, in a variety of ways, whether it's catching it or running it or – blocking on the perimeter. So uh, probably a little pride for your guys as a group as a whole to see Snelly up there on the uh, the first team all league. Oh, yeah. No, it was it was amazing seeing him up there. I mean, somebody was joking. We have to name him Slash because he's tight end slash fullback slash quarterback. So, no, it was awesome to see him up here there. I mean, he's so dynamic. He's able to return return kicks and run the ball, throw the ball, catch the ball. I mean, he does everything for this team. So, it was really nice to see him get some accomplishments for that. Trayton Pickering, Montana State, tight end here on the Montana State Minute. It's presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. Trayton, last thing for you then, uh, like you mentioned, it seems like you guys have a, a huge sense of urgency going into this game. You know you only have five days as a football team left guaranteed. So um, how do you sort of translate that on Saturday? What are the keys for you guys against Weber State? I mean, just be really detailed this whole week, watching a lot of film, making sure that we prepare like we did the last few weeks. Uh, and just really hone in on our craft and just be detailed. There you go, Trayton Pickering, Montana State Minute. Weber State in Bozeman on Saturday. Trayton, thanks for being here, man. Awesome. Thank you for having me. There you go. Sunburst Montana's finest. Trayton Pickering, tight end for the Montana State Bobcats. It's our Montana State Minute. It's presented by JV Restaurant Supply. JV Restaurant Supply, your home for everything kitchen. They have three great locations, Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. If you can't make it in, they also have a great website, jvrestaurant.com. Step outside the FCS playoffs, talk a little Grizz hockey. They had a great four-game run down in Utah before the Thanksgiving break. They were off last week, but they're back at it now. We got free wings for Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. We got tickets to Grizz hockey on Thursday night. And we got Mike Anderson, co-head coach of the Grizz hockey team. All that next. Keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. 
Wildcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. Is now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. One is now ESPN Radio. A melancholy day with the passing of Christine McVie, the lead singer of Fleetwood Mac. So we'll be playing Fleetwood all day long for you here on your Wednesday. 79 years old, uh, one of the most iconic bands in the history of rock music in America, and uh, on a global scale. I mean, they they are. Tremendous and uh, famous around the world. So, uh, sad day for us music fans. I just can't believe that uh, that formula wasn't replicated at any time. You know, the the dual female lead singer. I know that you could never replicate Christine McVie and, and Stevie Nicks. I mean, two of the great front people uh, in the history of music. But still, I can't believe nobody tried. Pretty crazy. Uh ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. You want to go to the Grizz hockey game Friday night? We got two tickets for you. We also got a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to text us your favorite Fleetwood Mac song, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Text that number. And you'll be entered in to win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill and a pair of tickets to Friday night's Grizz hockey game. Puck puck drops at 8 p.m. against Williston State. Uh, Grizz hockey back at home. So text us, 406-888-1029. And uh, all entries will decide who wins. Grizz hockey tickets and wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Go now to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in. Mike Anderson, he's co-head coach of the Grizz hockey team. They were off last week for the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, but had an outstanding weekend the weekend before at the Beehive Tournament down there uh, in Utah. Mike, haven't talked to you in a while. How you doing, man? I'm good, yeah. It's been a minute. I was thinking about that last week. I was like, oh, I won't get to talk to Colter this week. That's too bad. <laughs> well, I hope you had a great uh, Thanksgiving, and uh, congratulations on the great trip. Take us through it. The last time we talked to you, we were – Sort of preview, and I guess we actually talked to Tucker Sargent uh, to preview the Beehive uh, tournament, and he was expecting uh, elevated competition for sure, and it seemed like you guys really did get tested uh, between your overtime win over Boise State or your narrow win over Utah Valley or getting by uh, University of Utah, but a 4-0 record for Grizz Hockey down there uh, in Utah. So uh, what would you think? What were some of the, the high points for Grizz Hockey your last road trip? Yeah, it was our first time playing four and four. So playing four games in four days, we had never done that. Um, and the big road trip, it was nice. We got into Utah on Wednesday, the day before, when you were talking to talk, we were on a bus getting down there. And you know, that helped a lot. Uh, so we got a day of rest in there. We got a nice sleep at the hotel. And then, yeah, Boise State, we were down three to one going into the third. And what I really liked about our team this year is we, we just play. 
we're not getting caught up in the emotional side of things. We're not getting caught up in, in the score, really. We just go, 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 and we let the score take care of itself. And that really came through against Boise. We, they're a pretty good team. Uh, they have a lot of couple guys that are really good, and, and they had some some good players and some depth, and they came out strong and got ahead of us quick. But we just kept plugging away, and things went our way in the third and scored a really good overtime goal and pulled that out. So that was probably the high point as far as, you know, like battling back against the wall. We did come back against Utah as well. We were down 2-1 to one against them after the first and ended up winning 7-4. to four. Uh, The Utah Valley game was nuts. We just had... You know, hockey is a weird sport where bounces play a big role in it. And for whatever reason, that third there, about four four goals that should not have gone in just kept going in for him. We were just like, what is going on? But again, our bench just stayed focused. They dialed in and, and just kept responding. And just, uh, you know, I think for overall, we, we found out that we're a pretty damn good team too. Uh, I know Tucker was talking about good competition. We're, we're good competition for other teams. And that was a really uh, sort of an eye-opening moment for us is that we're, we're good. And it was really good for us to, to get that experience. Grizz Hockey co-head coach Mike Anderson on uh, the Rangers Brothers Army phone line here on Nuanas. Now keep those texts coming in, 406-888-1029. What is your favorite Fleetwood Mac song? Christine McPhee passed away today, Ooh. co-lead singer of Fleetwood Mac. So that's the uh, trivia for the day. You let us know what your favorite Fleetwood Mac song is. And that will get you entered in for a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill and a pair of tickets to Friday night's Grizz hockey game against Williston State. Uh, for those keeping track at home, the Grizz went on the road to the Beehive Tournament, beat Boise State 4-3 to in overtime, beat Northern Arizona 3 to nothing, beat Utah Valley 5-4, to and uh, then beat Utah 7-4. to And now Grizz hockey ranked in the top 15 uh, in the national poll and 17-4 uh, record here uh, in the second season of the revival of Grizz hockey. So, uh, Coach, that's got to make you pretty proud uh, that you guys, I know that there's still a lot of season left to be played, but uh, like you said, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's sort of affirming that you guys truly are a really good team at this level of college hockey. Yeah, and uh, we're actually fifteen and four, hoping to be seventeen and four come next Wednesday for sure. Uh, but yeah, we got we're we're ha- over halfway through our season, and we already surpassed our win total from last year, which is a huge uh, moment for us as a program to acknowledge. Like, hey, in less games, we've won more than we did last year, so that's always a big step and a sign we're progressing in the right way. And and uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> couldn't have asked for a better start to the year, to be honest. And Montana State didn't go as as planned, but since then we've just, you know, put our put our nose to the grindstone, as as they say, and just kept going to work, and and uh, we've seen the results from that. So it's been a good start. Well, let's talk about this upcoming weekend. Then uh, Wilson State coming to town for Friday and Saturday uh, games. And by the way, we'll have a whole bunch of tickets for you. What you're texting in right now for is a pair of tickets to Friday's game, but we'll have tickets, another pair for, or excuse me, we'll have a four-pack for Friday tomorrow, and then we'll also have six total tickets for Saturday's action too. So keep it tuned. Nuana's now hooking you up with Grizz Hockey stuff all year long. Uh, Let's talk about Williston State. I know that they've played uh, Mary several times, which is uh, probably the best team you guys have played so far this year. Uh, What's the scout on Williston State? What do you think of the matchup? So the Wilson State, I was just actually talking to their coach today. They're they're a really good team. Um, so they their record doesn't quite show it, uh, but they've played Mary, who's you know the best teams at our level. And then they've played a couple uh, Division One teams as well. Um, so they've had a rough schedule to start, and but I've been watching them on film this week, and they're a talented group. They don't have a, a ton of 
skaters on the team, but that's that they're they're a former uh, junior college team. The, this level has a lot of those teams, like Botnell, who we play later, used to be a junior college team as well. Uh, they formed into club afterwards, so their their ethos is a little bit different. You know, it's a two year school, and they're they're trying to move guys on, and they're trying to. So every year they bring in you know fifteen, sixteen guys, and and fifteen, sixteen guys leave because that's that's sort of what they're all about. But this group they have this year is a lot of guys who were there last year, and and they're just a good team. They they play well. They're big. They're strong. They're skilled. Uh, you know, and it's. For some NA3 fans, there's a few guys who played in the Frontier Division on their team, who played up in Helena for a little bit, and so there'll be some <clears throat> familiar faces for some, you know, intense hockey fans in the area. But otherwise, it's a, you know, it's a bunch of farm boys from North Dakota and Canada coming down, and they play a they play a straightforward game, and it'll be a big challenge for us to to match their physicality and their and their skill. Well, it should be fun. Always great to have Grizz Hockey back in town. Mike Anderson joins us each Wednesday here on Nuanas Now, giving you the opportunity to win wings, hockey tickets, and catch up with the Grizz Hockey team. Puck drops at 8 p.m. both Friday and Saturday night down there at the Glacier Ice Rink with Wilson State in town. Mike, thanks for joining us, man. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week, but uh, go get them this weekend. Sounds good, Colter. Thanks. Your favorite Fleetwood Mac song. Just a couple minutes left. 406-888-1029. Text us. You'll be entered in to win a pair of tickets to Grizz Hockey plus a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Need any uh, good place to watch? Uh, all sorts of sports, but uh, especially love the Sunday viewing options for NFL Sundays. Head on down to the Desperado. They are located there across the street from the YMCA on Russell, right by the fairground. So perfect way for you to go get some wings in your belly and a couple brewskis and then get out over the Glacier Ice Rink. It's right, I mean, pretty much across the street. So pretty good hookup for you there. You don't have to have your wings and your hockey at the same time, but it uh, sounds like a pretty good time to me. Desperado proudly presenting Wing It Wednesday each Wednesday here on Nuanas Now. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. Grizz legend, the all-time leader in receiving yards in University of Montana history and a guy who played a pivotal role the last time Montana played North Dakota State, you might remember. The Grizzlies won that game. It was a pretty big deal on national television uh, in Bob Stitt's first game as the head coach. Jamal Jones, the record-setting Grizz wide receiver and a former NFL player, will join us next here on ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable, Grizz NDSU style. Keep it right here. You want us now, ESPN Radio, coming right back at you. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions, that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those driver's actions. You deserve an advocate. The Advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The Advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.